0: Algar Productions.
1: Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 50, Critters and Cult of the Cat. With Devlin Grimm.
2: Hi, chums, boy. We we got a treat for you this time. <laughs> this this is. Would you would you say this is the most um,
3: hated episode? Well, maybe maybe hated. I would say hated from every uh, list of Batman episodes I've read, and I've read a lot of them. And Devlin, you uh, welcome, by the way. You, yes. Thank you. That we got that
2: out of the way. You had originally <laughs> like wanted to come on like you gave me a, a short list of things and then I was like, wait a minute. You recently watched this whole series and you sang the praises of, of this particular episode quite highly and so this felt like the best fit. And you were mm-hmm. like, Well, yeah, duh, why do we bother going through all of that? Obviously, this is the episode I'm here for. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is the episode I've um been waiting for my whole life, to be honest.
2: Mm-hmm. That is that is a bold statement given the Given the fandom's position, well, on this one. A-
4: apparently it's me against the fandom. I've I've done that before. I'll do it again. <laughs> you, are,
2: you are not alone in your love for this episode. It turns out.
4: No, the thing
3: is, this episode actually rules.
4: <laughs> okay, all right. That's now, the had thing, you... Al, it's yes. really good if you watch it.
3: <laughs> ah,
2: I mean, I literally just did an hour ago. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I don't think you then... watched it correctly.
2: Yes. No, uh, that's probably true. Go an back and watch heart. it
3: again. Knowing what you know about Wanda.
2: <laughs> now, let me let me ask you this. Had you seen this one before? Like, Devlin, you have, but mm. had you seen this one before? Absolutely not. Okay, so this one's brand new to you. You didn't, like, see it a long time ago. Nope. File it away under this one socks and then came back and, and were delighted.
3: Okay. <clears throat> no, I recognized it from, a bu- like, like I said, a bunch of- Yeah, it's uh, infamous. Lists I've read. Plus, I know it was written by uh, Joe Lansdale, who I've said before I love.
2: Well, it's a story by Steve Gerber and mm-hmm. then written by Joe Lansdale. Greater duck. I don't remember which. Yes. So it's a it's an interesting team up right there. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, it's it's like people definitely have strong opinions of it. Devlin, I will, before we get into a discussion of it, just say this, quoting you in your very first appearance on our Star Trek show. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs>
4: Thank you. I did make that up, and it is proper to attribute that to me.
2: Mm-hmm. No, of course not, but it was the first <laughs> like it was the first laugh, like it was the first line of your first summary for us, and it was the first big laugh, so it stuck with me.
4: <laughs> um, that was in reference to some really unsavory things in that episode. I think oh no, really it cruel absolutely was for mutant farm animals.
2: <laughs> uh, well. Let's, let, let's get into it. Why don't you tell us what happens in Critters? Let's
4: do Critters. It's a beautiful day at the Gotham Agro Expo, where a yellow-eyed cryptkeeper type is telling a nondescript cro- crowd about his revolutionary giant livestock. You've been telling us for an hour. Really, an hour? Show us what's under the tarp. So Farmer Brown's buxom daughter and or employee reveals an adorable 10-foot cow that immediately goes on a rampage this is so dumb and amazing (laughs) batman's himbo alter ego Bruce wayne (coughs) is there for some reason and he stares this deer no wait he toros the taurus to the wall (laughs) Uh, you know whatever it doesn't matter it's critters baby nothing matters (laughs) seven years later bruce wayne is being a cad when a swarm of mutant deadly mantises descends on g-town the bugs do a little light menacing before falling apart on purpose, which is actually a sick genetic engineering flex. Who could be behind all this? Cut to Farmer Brown and his employee and or experiment who are still supersizing steers and chickens and pigs in Monsanto's Deep 13. This must be that urban farming all my hip friends are into. It's a bull market in downtown Gotham. And yes, that is the only cow pun that the writers missed as the city is now being trampled by mutant heifers. I know this is my fourth mystery science theater reference in seven sentences, but I'm from Wisconsin. I've seen plenty of this. Can we move it along? (laughs) The Bat Family tells the chicks and ducks and geese to scurry in an action scene where the only mood conveyed and inspired is incredulousness. It's critters, baby! (laughs) Later, Batman and Gordon are doing a little unnecessary exposition when a goat walks into the office. This talking, nightmare-inducing, demon-eyed goat, despite obviously belonging in the Mutant Farm Animal episode, is so upsetting and uncanny that I really wonder if he wandered over from a Mr. Freeze episode. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> Goat-see? Yep, it's Critters, we're gonna go with goat see? nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> Tells the two that he needs $50 million or the city gets crittered again. They send Bullock, who is immediately kidnapped by Farmer Brown's experiment and or lover, to their <laughs> lair, their Truman Cho's farm. They decide to feed him to a mutant swine. Hey, Bullock, got ham?
2: <laughs> that is excellent, but I fear it only works in writing.
4: <laughs> well, I invite people to write it down. <laughs> Are my summaries not being lovingly transcribed by your audience?
2: <laughs> I mean, they better be. Write it in your copy books.
4: <laughs> Speaking of jokes that only work in writing, the Bat family stopped by for a barn raising. And after oh. getting zapped with a laser pitchfork, they are locked in a rocket power silo. Yeah, the brand on this man, the penguin, could never. <laughs> they escape somehow and save the city somehow and explode farmer Brown and his lover andor cutoffs model. <laughs> Literally a second later, Farmer Brown and his cutoffs model and or store bought Harley Quinn are alive and arrested and taken to prison. Truly. He tampered with God's food chain. Oh. <laughs> Critters. And
2: your puns aren't even half as bad as the ones in this episode. I, <laughs> At one fun. point you you asked if you could have three quotes.
4: <laughs> um Honestly, this was a hard summary to write because I didn't want to steal in the episode's puns. <laughs> yeah, no, you, <laughs> if you write down do every farm pun you can think of. They nailed most of uh-huh. them.
3: Mm-hmm. Like they and, had like a uh, like a, a brainstorming session. How many goat puns do we know? A lot. I think it's a lot. Also, they literally
2: had the bull uh, rampaging through a china shop at one point. So it in wasn't the best moment of the episode. It, it wasn't the just. It wasn't just dialogue puns. It was also like sort of visual, you know,
3: action puns as well. That's the thing. That's why I I really enjoyed this episode. It knows exactly what it is. Dog mm-hmm. stupid. <laughs> yes. This
4: is really my good thing. And honestly, okay. my favorite genre of anything is extremely stupid concept that is lovingly created um, mm-hmm. and like taken totally seriously. And this is that, the just like the totality of the execution. They have new music. They have like ominous fiddle music. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have just like a thousand puns per scene. Um, they had the one evil farm animal episode and they went for it.
3: Can, could we, can we talk about the sinister shot of his evil farm at the end of the episode and the evil rooster crowing? Uh-huh. <laughs> we can talk about well, that for days. The... That's our dun 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 moment, like, ooh, it's maybe like, we're not done with Farmer Brown yet. It's like they wanted to be every other episode of Batman ever and have that like that horrible, like, ah, but what if the evil isn't over? So they went with a rooster <laughs> crowing. Incredible. It's the dawn of a terrible new day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what if this horror returns to Gotham someday?
2: I mean, it's right outside Gotham city limits, as per court order, as we saw in the episode, but yep. that's fair. That's, that's kind of my bad thing, I guess. It's, I, I am all for a dumb episode and let's be clear, the camp and the, and the humor of this is, is like, they nailed it 100%. But the genius of the show has also, to me, always been how they deliver something like that while still grounding it with characters I can find relatable or sympathetic or comprehensible. (laughs) Like Farmer Brown's whole deal seems to be, I made monsters and you didn't like my monsters. So I made some more monsters. Like. (laughs) he's got nothing he's there's a scene where he's talking to a judge and the judge is like you you can't make big cows make big cows outside the city
3: and that that's that's what makes him turn evil I guess al I don't want to cure cancer I want to turn people into dinosaurs that's I mean, look, it. that's that's all it is that's fine except he they They very superficially said at the beginning
2: that he wants to feed the world, but he maybe had two lines of dialogue toward that end, and then it's like, nah, never mind. I didn't account for the fact that there'd be flashbulbs at this press event, and now I'm just going to kill
3: everybody. Haven't you ever seen the end of King Kong? The what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is that movie out now? I'm really more of a Godzilla fan myself. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Love
3: them Kaiju's. Love them
4: Kaiju's.
3: Now, now, here's the thing, because I think it's insulting to make a movie about any kind of giant animal. I'm trying to do God's own work over here, and you people are just showing me movies about how a giant ape will come and kill everybody. Ooh.
2: Mm. Now, I was a fan of the racism, being as I am a southern stereotype. <laughs> but everything else about that movie I find deeply offensive.
4: <laughs> However, not unlike the kaiju, an amoral force in nature... Uh, My giant swine are very much doing their own thing. Ruttin' about in your yard. Now give me a 50 million dollars.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also, Devlin, I very much appreciate you pointing out that uh, his farm looks like uh, the end of the Truman Show, because that is exactly the connection that I made. (laughs) I love the
4: design on that. Uh, I love the design on Everything. (laughs) No, the they design about, is like, excellent. An evil mad scientist farm and they made it.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. And they the... did not pull any punches. <laughs>
4: the... He's the... whittling two-headed
3: monster. Oh boots. my god. It's so good. Uh... Everything about this dude is exact like it's the most him it could be. Yeah. And it's all right. perfect. I just like I said this show it it's it's just such
2: a such a departure for this show and not in a we can do all kinds of different stuff with this with mm-hmm. these situations way. It's just, like I said, they usually... Stra- like, last week we pointed out the Calendar Girl episode was like, she had goofy holiday-themed things that were really flimsy and terrible puns and a giant dinosaur for some reason. But also, it was about how society treats aging women and it was kind of like, they didn't quite get it right, but it was like a good effort. And this is like, nah, this guy just wants to make big animals. That's okay, it. Okay, but what if no. a pig
3: was huge? Like... Mm-hmm.
4: I, no, you I, I you say it wasn't enough that he had two lines about feeding the world, but giant heifers and giant produce to feed the world in this sort of utopian jet age optimistic ideal is is kind of a genre, it's kind of a trope already. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many lines he needed I, to it's just it when you took him It
2: It wasn't that I needed more information, it's that I didn't. It didn't lay enough emotional groundwork for me to think he was earnest. He already read his evil just by looking at him. Mm-hmm. So I needed to believe he was good and they fucked with him and made him bad. And I I never really bought that.
4: At I, least not everybody starts out good. Yeah, some people I, are I, just
2: I, jerks, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> and that's fine too, but the episode wanted us to think he was good and he'd been wronged. And that just that's not what happened.
4: I think it's more like he is neutral and then was wronged. And then took this as a chance to become his best... Pastiche supervillain self.
3: Finally, an excuse to do
4: evil. <laughs> I know, right? That's a uh, character type I don't see enough
2: of. <laughs> I will say this in execution was better than the Dr. Moreau episode that we did some time ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Which was a similar, I don't know, let's make animal people because we can make animal people. Like It was a very similar vibe, but that was, you know, that took itself a little too seriously. I, I just feel like
3: there's a balance and the show usually nails it. That's the all. thing I like, Farmer Farmer Brown doesn't want to make animal people. He just wants to teach a goat how to talk. Like, oh boy, did he!
2: <laughs> and we all agree that was the most unsettling part. Like Devlin spent a good chunk of her uh, summary talking about that. But really,
4: mm-hmm. I honestly spent a good day of my day yesterday googling the name for a phobia of animals talking.
2: <laughs> is there is there one?
4: I couldn't find it. Um, that it probably exists though.
2: I mean, you can probably Lego one together with like Greek, you know, prefixes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you
4: know, yeah, I, I, you know, I'd have to get my Latin dictionary from the other room. So <laughs>
2: well, get that. I
4: gave up. Yeah,
2: what you need to do is breed some sort of a giant animal to go get you the dictionary.
4: I'm trying to train my cats. It's not working.
3: <laughs> well,
4: there's
2: your first problem. <laughs> uh-huh. Cats won't do what you tell them until. Well, we'll get to that next in the next episode. <laughs> Um, but I mean, the, the aesthetic of it and, and you said that your good thing was this, you know, the, just the episode in general, but you, you wanted to specifically talk about the, uh, like the, the look of things, right? It's great. Mm. What did I, I, no,
4: no, um, it's just sort of my, my good thing is not just the episode and that Oh, no, no. Sorry. Oh, yeah. My good thing.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh I love, I I the big animals look great and mm-hmm. also weirdly drawn by Jack Kirby <laughs> which on top of everything else that's happening in this episode is a bizarre fucking choice. Like not all, like we're going to make monster animals, but we're also going to make them look all fourth worldy. Like <laughs> what? Well, I think I think this team
2: that was also working on Superman and probably was gearing up to start Justice League soon mm-hmm. was definitely influenced by like, there's a lot of Kirby shit in Superman. There's a oh, lot yeah. of fourth world stuff. Darkseid shows up a bunch. All the Side's guys show up a bunch. So I feel like the same team probably had that on the brain and they're like,
3: well, this fits this pretty well. It just it's weird here because like Batman is so non Jack Kirby at all. Like, yeah, he maybe drew we have drew the, that we, character he still, once. He's still very Bruce Tim. Yeah. But then there's these weird fucking, like, Kirby-ass giant cows rampaging around, one of whom has a giant bell on, because <laughs> well, if we're gonna do things, we're gonna do them right. Of course. I fucking... Okay, I want to send my giant cow in to rampage through Gotham City. Emma, but also, Luke, I want people to know it's coming. Lou, <laughs> get me the biggest bell you can find. No, we that's too know. big. <laughs> You didn't see this, but um, the year
4: before uh, his animal rampage, he uh, ransomed the Gotham clock tower so he could steal the
3: bell. Oh, of course. Uh, sir, there's a goat here demanding our bell. <laughs> uh, excuse me, specifically our bell.
2: <laughs> How can a goat demand anything? Well, go look, but uh, be prepared for here. nightmares. Yeah, Captain,
3: you need to come down and see this.
2: Yeah, no, that goat... Ugh, ugh. But I, I will agree <laughs> with you. The the aesthetic was fantastic. Like, they really went for it. Um, mm-hmm. I would say about half the animation really worked, and some of it, because they were so ambitious and they were trying so much, like, outside-the-norm stuff, it didn't all work, and oh. some of it, I thought, kind of fell flat.
3: Here's the issue with that. Um, rolling into my bad thing. Um, they can't mm-hmm. seem to figure out the scale on any of these giant animals. That was definitely a factor, yes. Um, yeah. Like, the big pig shrinks... Well, Batgirl's riding it, mm-hmm. which you know might also be part of the the biology of these things. Who knows? <laughs> sure, the the incredible shrinking science. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The engineering wore off in mid-fight. I mm-hmm. guess I don't know. I um, I bred them to do that. Just like I made the mantises fall apart. It's actually a really good thing. Sh- shut I up. Just... I just couldn't
2: stop doing Zorak voices the whole time mantises were walking <laughs> up. Kicking it.
3: What were you doing in Hattiesburg? <laughs> hey, how's it going? I'm just going to go hang out by the dumpster now. Every time I do this, it costs the WB $200. <laughs> uh,
4: my arms fell off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, you know, if Brack showed up in this episode, it would just be like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> if Brack showed up in this episode, it would be incredible. <laughs> uh, my good thing is, at one point, Harvey Bullock literally scratches his head with the barrel of his gun like the cop <laughs> in Plan 9 from Outer Space. I feel like someone in the production chain, some storyboarder or animator or somebody, dropped this in to signal to the audience that, yes, we know this is very bad. <laughs>
4: <laughs> See, you're looking for peop- for the production crew signaling that they think it's bad, as opposed to the mm-hmm. production crew signaling they think it's dumb but fun.
2: Mm-hmm. So do you is Every- it your position that plan nine is dumb but fun?
4: Yes, it's my position okay. that this the people making this show knew exactly how dumb it was. But they had fun doing it, and I had fun watching it. Every time Harvey Bullock scratches his head with a gun, it does cost the WB two hundred dollars. <laughs> like, yeah, but this they don't show... just like throw in animation jokes um, as a secret code. They're very well thought out.
2: Yeah, but this show like throws money at all kinds of things, like little flourishes that don't matter. We try to point those out when we can, but uh, you, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I thought it was fun. I really did. All the fun sequences were fun. I just I could have maybe used something a little more. I don't know. There wasn't
4: enough pathos, I know. I, but, like, even even just a, a, a tiny amount as a treat, that's all. Killer Chicken did not go on a hero's journey, I understand.
3: <sighs> no. I will tell you what the uh, what the the only thing this episode was missing was, and it's Batman saying to Gordon, "I'm telling you, Jim, it was a giant chicken." Yeah, I
2: <laughs> I remember at the time thinking there should have been a chicken boo reference, given all the cross pollination between mm-hmm. this and Animaniacs and Tiny Toons and all mm-hmm. that
3: stuff. Oh, Barbara Gordon Gordon's a big uh, Pinky and the Brain fan. We've seen that.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, there was definitely. A weird, very specific vibe of, like, every, like, about half the Playboy models from the mid-70s to the early 80s had this weird hee-haw vibe where it's like, here's the corn-fed gals of Nebraska or whatever, and that was Ellie Mae or Jimmy Sue or whatever the hell her name was. (laughs) Also, Devlin, I love your your runner of her his something slash something else. That was
4: yeah, what is their relationship? And also please don't tell me.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. We don't need I mean to we uh... all assume daughter, but who knows? Speaking of stuff we don't need to dig too deep into. hmm
4: I mean, if anything, they should have gone for the American gothic daughter who just looks like plain and sad.
3: hmm Or well, had she's two mad of them. Everyone... She's bad that everyone thinks she's married to that guy. <laughs>
4: No, he's trying to marry her off. That's why they <laughs> commissioned the painting.
2: But see, that's like you, you get the two daughters that way, and then you have the the contrast. You have like uh, Two Face with his uh, hench girls, uh, Sugar and Spice, or whatever. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, you have the two daughters, and then they have a complex relationship, and then suddenly you have your Ibsen.
2: Mm-hmm. There you Amazing. go. Amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that a BoJack reference on top of everything else?
4: <laughs> that's absolutely a BoJack reference.
2: Very good. It's Uh, all for you and
4: your slavish devotion to psychoanalytic uh, text.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's what I want and not just two lines of dialogue. Absolutely. Mm
4: -hmm. Well, the two lines of dialogue that set him up as a hero were good enough for you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Probably because he was all like, y'all come back now. You hear, darling, marry my cousin. These colors don't run. Like, Shut up, man.
4: Well, you loved Southern Robot Guy. Why can't Southern Genetic Engineering what Guy be I liked smart?
2: About, what I liked about Southern Robot Guy was that he wasn't a caricature. It just was a dude who happened to have a Southern accent, but he was actually smart, which you never see. This guy's also smart. He taught a goat how to talk. Maybe. Or maybe his daughter, question marks, did all that? Maybe he's just the face of the brand.
3: Don't tell maybe. no one, but actually I made the goat talk. <laughs>
2: the rocket silo was my idea for some reason
3: sounded like a you know, silo t- taking off
2: you know you know they they launch rockets out of silos they don't literally make the silo into a rocket right i've <laughs> cut out the
3: middleman <laughs> <laughs> i find it's more cost effective this way uh, what <laughs>
2: And of course, I pointed this out on social media. But uh, we we had a run through like a uh, some kind of a factory food. I don't know. It's like a food processing place, and uh, they had three big vats labeled B, B, and Q because that's <laughs> how you make barbecue.
3: The bar, the B, and the Q. Come on, yeah. Dude. One
2: part B, one part other B, and one
3: part Q. That's how you make it. You're <laughs> a barbecue incorporated. We put extra B into the BBQ. No, that's a typo.
4: <laughs> that barbecue sauce also looked. Exactly,
3: like blood, like oh, I, blood. I mean, it easily could have been they were slaughtering animals there. I'm, I'm sure that was that was a very
2: deliberate, like, oh, mm, we can have red fluid if it's not blood. Got it. Okay.
3: Right, bar. We barbecue just need on the side of the building. Yeah, so we real just
2: project. need Batman to run into a
3: condiment factory, <laughs> <laughs> we're all set. Not My favorite children's book: Batman in the Condiment Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what Condiment
4: else? King is here to kill your mutant chickens.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't expect me to sprint with sweet and sour sauce, did you? I didn't
2: expect you to come back at all, actually. <laughs> There's
3: a lot I didn't expect to see today, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <sighs>
2: uh,
3: <sighs> that's about
2: all I have. What about you guys?
3: Yeah. um, This guy is... Uh, Farmer Brown, the very definition of a Joe R. Lansdale character, in that he has a black hat.
2: <laughs> okay, I was, I'm not familiar with Joe R. Lansdale's work. What can you, can you sort of.
3: He does a lot of like, uh, like Hillbilly and like sort of Texas, uh, true or uh, not true crime, fake crime. The other one. Okay. <laughs> False crime. Uh, yeah, I've just, I've read a lot of like, I've read a lot of his stuff and a lot of adaptations of his stuff. And it's like, I've seen this guy a lot. <laughs> No, oh, I don't mind that. If you're getting a,
2: you know, a writer with a very specific mm. aesthetic, and you say, "Look, this is what you do best," like go nuts. What him? It's fine. All right. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna pair you up with the Howard the Duck guy. I think you guys will really come up with well, something special. Finally,
3: <laughs> chance to work with Howard the Duck. That's <laughs> how you team build. Uh-huh. You no, know, the, the guy who wrote Howard the Duck. Oh, oh. I guess I that's too. <laughs> See now, there's your
2: there's your Wisconsin MST reference right there, right? The ducks of the Dells.
4: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I am disappointed I that they did mantises and we didn't get giant ducks and giant alpacas.
2: Oh. yeah, there are I... other farm animals they didn't get to. They definitely yeah. didn't have to do bugs. That is giant that is sheep. Oh my god, mm-hmm. so cute! I thought I thought the thing at the beginning at the uh, at the expo was a sheep. Actually, yeah, I that's didn't... what
3: I thought too. Actually, yeah. he was so huggable. <laughs> Right. I
2: want to ride him. You just get lost in the like the pillowy wool, just like poof. just uh, <laughs>
4: sink, sink that right down. Uh. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, well, you did apparently Devlin only uh, pick one quote after all. What did you What did you go with?
4: Oh, I went with um the sick ominous strings and the terrifying talking ghost. <laughs>
3: Howdy, howdy, party! Good Lord. 50 million in unmarked bills. The docks tonight or the bugs
2: come back for good. Yeah. I would not be at all surprised if that goat gave somebody nightmares. And and one of you (laughs) seemed to have put that in the uh, kids love Batman slot here.
3: (laughs) Kids love goats.
2: Yeah. If you had seen this show, like when you were watching the rest of it, when you were eight or whatever, like, Would you have woken up with night terrors for, like, the rest of your life?
3: Tell me, Batman, would you like to live deliciously?
2: (laughs) Tell me about the goats. Are they silent?
3: (laughs) You still hear the bog of the goats, Clarice? Mm -hmm. No.
4: So I grew up in a town that was, like, an actual city, um, county seat, university football team. But we also had, um just like an aggressively agricultural culture
0: sure so we had to do like
4: mm-hmm. breakfast on the farm and milk mm-hmm. cows and things mm-hmm. in high school mm-hmm. did you guys have to do that? is that a
2: thing uh i grew up out in the sticks and the we had an actual day off from school for the county fair where wow you would <laughs> see the prize pigs and so forth so yes a bit we di- oh. we didn't actually do any of the hands on stuff but there was some of that
3: mm.
4: Did you go to the gene-splicing tent?
2: Uh, <laughs> there was always such a line for that, is the thing I wanted to.
4: Did you go to the cream and talk to the talking goats?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the talking goats did, like, the um, uh, the, the announcements, like, you know, uh, uh, the raffle
3: is at eight o'clock, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> there's a, there's Y'all a missing... come
4: back.
3: Yeah. <laughs> there's a missing child here. We know because we took her.
4: <laughs> There's
2: a
3: oh,
4: Nissan the Versa with its lights on in the parking lot.
2: <laughs> the weirdest thing is that's what I drive, a Nissan Versa. <laughs> also, one of our versions of that goat is much more sinister than the other two. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. Oh, uh, one more thing. Devlin, you had one more MST connection here, apparently.
4: Oh, yeah. I didn't even do this on purpose. Um, oh. the guy who voiced Farmer Brown and his amazing wandering accent, Peter Breck, who was in a million cowboy shows because he's just that age of an actor, was also, um, the psychopathic Mooney in the Beatniks, which was on MST3K. Oh, my
2: <laughs> oh Now, the Beatniks, if I'm not mistaken, has that whole regrettable assault scene, yes? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, it didn't have to
3: take like 20 minutes out of it or something?
4: That might be the one. Yeah.
2: I think I've skipped that one because I've heard it's real bad, but like not, not bad in a bad movie way, but bad in a, just a regrettable way. But
4: I mean, I, I know the zombie one with Adam West has that for sure. Oh mm. God, that's right. Yeah.
2: It also has Adam West though, which means you can't really take anything seriously at all. <laughs>
4: that's no, a- you can take that scene <laughs> seriously. You have permission. Um, well, All right. Honestly, everything I know about Beatniks is overwritten by the killer soundtrack, which is, um, what is it, like? Leather coat, bum, 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 <laughs> bum. Oh, God, yep. tail bum, bum, uh,
2: Delightful. Uh. All right. Moving forward, I suppose. To, <laughs> oh, well, someone seems to have crossed out the word cat and written in the word Cow. Oh who could have done this?
4: Some trickster I'm got into cow. the document.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who has right access to this document. Mm-hmm. I will say a strike through joke is among our favorite kinds of jokes. Oh yeah. You <laughs> know in the episode guides we did for Star Trek years ago, like about half the pages have a dumb write one
3: thing, then cross it out and write something <laughs> else, because that's the height of comedy. <laughs> You would have thought right. that the dawn of the computer would have done away with the strike-through joke, but no, it just made it stronger. No, that's when I discovered, like, in a pull-down menu, strike-through. Oh, mm-hmm.
2: oh,
4: excellent. Oh. I mean, I, they hide they... it, because
2: mm-hmm. they know
4: the power of it. Mm-hmm. There's no is code.
2: <laughs> that's true. All right, but it is actually, believe it or not, Cult of the Cat. Here we go. Cat people. I think we can do better than cat people, guys. Our story opens like all Catwoman stories open, with Catwoman stealing a cat statue. See, now this is a motive for a villain. Someone who's compelled to steal things shaped like her favorite animal. Selina's being chased by guys who are a bit, little bit Black Panther, a little bit Wolverine, and a little bit those ninjas from the Tick comic who disguise themselves as a hedge. <laughs> and she's being chased through an endless, badly textured maze like she's playing Doom. Or Wolfenstein. Or, wait, what was that terrible late 90s game with all the mazes? Oh, all of them? Okay, then. After... Taming a panther, which seems like a power, but really it's just because she keeps a generous quantity of wet cat food inside one of her gloves at all times, she manages to escape. She then flees to the safe... Yep. Old sausage gloves. (laughs) That's a double reference there. Uh, She then flees to the safest place she knows, inside Batman's car. She explains to Batman that there's this sinister cult that worships cats, and for some reason they've gotten it into their heads to persecute her. Is it because you stole some cat-shaped object from them, asks Batman, and Selina responds by twirling her hair, giving him big cartoon doe eyes, and possibly licking a giant lollipop. So Batman sighs and promises to help her only if she gives back everything she's ever stolen, and then he just believes her when she says she will. If I were writing this episode, this is where I'd have Nightwing show up and wag a disapproving finger at Batman, reminding him that Selina can't be trusted. But I didn't write this episode, and you can tell because it's time for another boring fight sequence. Selina gets knocked out, and I take a little nap, and when we both wake up, she's in the castle stronghold of the titular cult of the cat. Which, as far as I can tell, is a bunch of white people appropriating ancient Egyptian culture for some reason. Possibly because they're all dating me when I was about 19, and apparently I had a type. They're all about to sacrifice Catwoman to their finicky, anus-licking god when she discovers the weakness that all cult people have, asking them about their religion. Suddenly their leader, who's like an animated version of that dude, Romulan Chad from Star Trek Picard, complete with seething, largely useless hot sister, pivots dramatically and starts talking about how amazing their cult is, and it's not really a cult at all, and why don't you just take the master bedroom that's decorated with all all manner of priceless cat artifacts, and also here's a giant sack for you to stuff things into. <clears throat> then Batman shows up and Catwoman beans him in the noggin with a giant sack filled with priceless cat artifacts. <laughs> Naturally, he's dumped into an arena, like you do, where he's expected to fight a saber-toothed tiger to the death. There's no hope for our heroic Dark Knight now, unless someone with whom he has a complicated romantic-clash sexual history shows up with half-a-glove stuffed with Fancy Feast. (laughs) Then that happens. And then Catwoman escapes with a bunch of priceless cat artifacts, and the tiger turns on the bad guys, and things draw to their inevitable close. Batman takes his shirt off to have a chat with Jim who expresses disgust over the concept of due process, which is really something I could have done without. Then we catch one last glimpse of Selina, the final in this series and because of dumb legal issues, possibly the final time we'll see her at all in this animated universe. And she's obviously used her ill-gotten gains to get herself a mid-range hotel room and buy two different kinds of caviar for her cat. Obviously, cuz that's what you do. <laughs>
3: I love that shot so much. If, if this is the last time we see Catwoman, I'm I'm, fine I'm pretty with
2: it. sure it is because you know we have that weird bat embargo because there's a yep. different Batman show happening.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
3: It's like this Sorry, is how ahead. I want her to go out. In a yep. hotel surrounded by jewels.
2: Also, uh, Devlin, I I saw in your notes that that you loved that and I did think, well, I'm making fun of her for doing this after getting a bunch of money, but I bet you would do something very similar.
4: Oh yeah, I would find um the most affordable hotel with the roundest bed that I could spread <coughs> jewels all over and just like uh-huh. hang out with my cats. Mm-hmm. That sounds like but the by, dream.
2: Buy like the fanciest caviar and feed it to your cat.
4: Yeah. James Bond villain, but like sad lady edition. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of your aesthetic now. Let's say it that way. Oh, uh, I thought we couldn't have murders in this show. <laughs> <laughs> that oh,
2: we're on brutal. the kids' WB now. <laughs>
4: Oh, the censors will allow it. <laughs>
2: you know I say it out of nothing but
4: love. Oh, yeah. We're oh all God. sad
2: on this show. You're not You're not alone there. Uh, this one, well, let's get into your bad thing, Devlin, because this is my complaint as well.
4: This episode was kind of boring.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> um, I thought at first I was coming off the high of critters and I couldn't appreciate it, but <laughs> I rewatched it and it, it's, yeah, it's just stuff I've seen before, and I don't care about it. I've seen cults Mm -hmm. before. I've seen Wolverine Claws before. I've seen Mm -hmm. ninjas before. There was nothing new or vibrant
3: about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Al, you mentioned Mm -hmm. this in your summary. It really feels like everything was taken from somewhere else, you know?
2: Yeah, no, we've done cult. You're right, Devlin. We've done cults in this show, and Mm -hmm. we will do cults again. Like, we had, I mean, Rachel Ghoul's stuff is probably the best version of that, the best Mm -hmm. possible, like, uh, iteration of that. And then in Batman Beyond, they get really stuck on, and they're actually called Cobra, even though they have nothing to do with the G.I. Joe version, but they're just snake guys like these cat guys.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, like, this universe loves
3: that, but
2: this might be one of the weakest versions of that.
3: Like, find an animal and then be super into it. Yep. i be real mad when Catwoman steals a statue of it.
2: I mean, you've got a bunch of cat shaped things and you you've set up shop in
3: Gotham. What did you expect really i I have a note here that's like, do you not already own all of the cat statues? <laughs> just all cat statues <laughs> mm-hmm It's like and that last not... shot of the episode should be her rolling around in cat statues <laughs> <laughs> uh, very this good. one's made of gold and this one's just ceramic. I stole it from a uh, bed bath & beyond. <laughs>
4: The important thing is I stole it.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh.
2: I kind of like her, I like her whole deal in this one, but I like, the fact that it feels like what they're doing is saying, I can't stop being bad, but then you realize, no, that's just the thing she's saying to Batman. She doesn't ever want to stop. I kind of like that.
3: It's just like, oh, Batman, uh, why can't I stop doing crimes? Oh, (laughs) right, because I I love owning cat shit and I hate paying for things.
2: Yeah, she just thinks that might work on him.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. And it kind of does, so... Well, she's not conflicted <laughs> in the least, which I
2: love.
4: Mm-hmm. I understand her whole thing is like slinking about and being sexy, With mm-hmm. honestly seems a little exhausting to me. But this whole episode, she just seems to be making bad choices and getting deeper and deeper into a bad situation. It's not really fun to watch. I, she's having a great time doing yeah, it, so...
2: That part I actually like. I like... Like, they give her very cat-like motivations which are this is the latest thing that has caught my attention and I'm not thinking any further ahead than right now. (laughs) And that's that seems to be her entire like everything she does is immediately right now this is the most interesting uh, uh, thing in my field of vision and that's as far ahead as I am prepared to
3: plan.
4: I don't understand why she is acting like a cat to her detriment and also has cat powers which is she an irradiated cat Person, like, no. What's your deal? Gotten
2: any? Like, she's like the show has never said okay. And now there's some extra thing where she can do this. Is she
3: clever or mystical? (laughs) I mean, this is my good thing. I love that she just can control cats, and no one talks about it. And she's just good with cats. Uh,
2: Maybe it's left over from when she got turned into a cat person, and she's got some like pheromone thing. Oh, so now she speaks cat. Or or just generally can put them at their ease because she's, you know, pheromones or whatever.
3: But I mean, like, I've seen two cats together and they f- always fucking hate each other.
2: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I, I did enjoy it as well, though. I liked, and, and you're absolutely right, they did set up, like, at the beginning they showed her with the panther, which, come on, stupid cult. First of all, mm-hmm. you, just, you put a panther after Catwoman, that's probably not going to work the way you think. But once you've done that, don't then take out a saber-toothed tiger like you you already tried this trick man or a cat cult all we know
3: is cats yeah all they, they know, know is cats thrills. well i guess that's fair guess who we bought this giant saber-toothed tiger from well they did I give mention... you a hint he just went to jail <laughs> it was it was a clearance sale to uh to pay his bail
2: <laughs> they did mention that it had been genetically engineered also it wasn't just mm-hmm. like they found one preserved in ice or something like no they made this one fresh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's usually how you get, like, your mammoths or whatever. you oh, yeah, sure.
3: to, You know, no, uh, right. the saber-toothed tiger was frozen. It was frozen after trying to defeat the Red Skull. Uh-huh.
4: You steal it from the basement of the Natural History Museum, of
3: course. Yeah, right. Of course. And then you animate it
2: with electricity or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, science. You
4: know, science.
2: Yeah. But no, they made
3: one fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still got that new cat smell.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's really a kitten. Aww. Uh-huh.
3: Just give him a giant ball of yarn to play with.
4: My good
2: thing is, so when Batman's in the arena, and it is a full-on, like, oh yeah, like Cobra-style, welcome to the arena of sport. Like, I can't, I I know I'm not the only one who spotted this. I saw it in at least one of your notes, but the the music takes a bit of an amok time turn. It sure does. (laughs) Which, for those of you unfamiliar with Star Trek, or or maybe you don't remember that one, it's da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, the famous, like, Spock fighting music. Or, as our friend Bob called that episode, Spock which is <laughs> the very best Still funny to this title day. ever. Yep.
0: Uh,
2: no, I really enjoyed, and, and Devlin, this kind of ties into your good thing, just her whole. Like, there's a lot of very good animation touches on her in this episode mm. in particular.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: More than usual, I would say. Oh, yeah, definitely.
4: She does have great voice acting and great sort of animated performance. And. Mm. I haven't been here to comment on the new style yet. I do love her like big expressive cartoon eyes and she lays her little ears flat sometimes. Mm -hmm.
2: It's,
4: you know, it's a very odd point. It doesn't make any sense, but who
2: cares? It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like Spider-Man's eyes. It doesn't matter.
4: It conveys emotion. That's what it needs to do. Yep. Uh, Mostly though, it looks like sexy goth Tintin. And I do have to say (laughs) seeing Catwoman and Batman next to each other, their designs look ridiculous like her his chin is as big as her head which is bigger than her butt which is <laughs> bigger than his waist there's they look like they're coming from different cartoons
2: <laughs> well it's it's a lot like what we were just talking about in the previous one where the bruce tim style and the uh, jack kirby style don't necessarily mesh like whatever catwoman is kind of has that same problem
4: mm-hmm. she does just look like she wandered in from the cartoon next door i'm trying to she think really of, does
2: like, I'm trying to think like what the closest style is. Like, does she look maybe like a Yonan Vasquez character?
3: I mean, she's not bleeding from the mouth, so. Well, okay. That's one difference. Okay. I'm trying I'm just trying to think of what what show that would be. Yeah, I don't know. She looks like a doodle, honestly. It's weird. Maybe like the Beetlejuice cartoon? And it's like, oh, like a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that she's got that, like, her her face is just white. It's just like like, she just looks unfinished. Well, I know you're not a fan of that. I, I like not. it.
2: I, I enjoy it. But I understand, like, it's definitely a huge departure. And, and I completely understand having a strong opinion that they changed it. Whereas some of the some of the changes are just like, eh, simpler lines, that's all. But mm-hmm. no, this is a dramatic change. Um, But some of the animations on her I really liked. And, and some of the poses, like, when she's in the Batmobile. And it's like he came back from doing whatever he was doing. And she's just, mm-hmm. like, got her legs up in the air, like, just just like she could be batting string at that point (laughs)
3: what's the uh what's the best pose to be discovered in
2: yeah exactly (laughs) and there's the moment where they're they're trying to climb out of something and she jumps on his head and uses his head as the the like the the leaping off point to get higher
3: up and oh yeah
2: just so perfect i love it
3: her big move is jumping off of people's heads in this episode yeah
2: it's like five times it's it's it it's serves double duty as making her look graceful and also like stripping the other person of their dignity completely. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. And there's a lot of there's a lot of that. There's a lot of little things that she does that I think they put a little more work into her animation than usual mm-hmm. and I I noticed it and it's great. It's very good. Uh... Um let's see. Well, you you already we already talked a bit about the cultist. Do you have any further like I know
3: that's your you're bad. Yeah, they suck and they're boring, and they look like uh, they look like Black Panther, but with less intimidating ears. Mm-hmm.
4: They suck and they're boring, and in my experience, cult leaders are just acting teachers who start dosing their students. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we had that exact uh, origin in this in this series. That, that might have been the uh, animal, like the Doctor Moreau episode, come to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I, well, along those lines, this is my bad thing. There are certain phrases that make me completely mentally check out of a story, and we must sanctify it with blood is well <laughs> up there. Ugh. Just ugh.
3: You've just never heard it used in a good show. Correct. You have to find the uh, the one show where sanctifying something with blood makes it better. Okay. I'm I'm waiting. Look, I don't know either. The search continues.
4: You know, this, we sanctified some things with barbecue sauce in the last episode. That's we sure like, did. What?
2: Yeah, one hundred percent, like pure B plus B plus Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah. delicious. So, the head of the cat cult was voiced by his name is Scott Cleverden, which is his actual <laughs> name, not a made up like. No, I'm smart. I'm Scott Cleverden. <laughs> Wikipedia says he's quote. Best known as the angel Pyriel in the film The Prophecy 3 colon, The Ascent, which is the saddest that thing is... I've ever read on Wikipedia. The, best the application
4: known. of best known there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs>
2: I mean he has a very small filmography. He actually went on to voice some uh characters in I don't remember if it was Justice League or Batman Beyond, but he's one of the Royal Flush gang and he works mm. well there. I remember that. And he was apparently the voice of Carnage in the Spider Man cartoon. Oh dear. Yeah. Hello, I'm Cletus Cassidy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's me, old Cletus.
2: Yeah. I'm recall, glad he's working. <laughs>
3: yeah. Good 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 for him. Good for him.
2: Mm-hmm. No, get, look, get I'm made, all about sir. Yeah, no, you know. I mean, you guys know me. I'm all about the voice actors. It just it doesn't feel like a good fit based on this. Is all.
3: But well, maybe... and listen, you can't just live off of the goodwill of being in a prophecy movie. Excuse me. <laughs> the <laughs> Prophecy Three Colon The Ascent. Oh,
2: excuse the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, I did love that um, Selena has gone past having her swanky. Um, uh, penthouse as her hq and now she lives in the hello kitty factory yeah checks out i uh, was that not what it was meant to be like just enough to not get sued but pretty clearly the yeah, hello I kitty thought, factory
3: i thought it was like a cat food factory that just had like cat pieces in it because that's how factories roll weird, in gotham city
2: big cartoon cat heads and stuff so yeah, yeah.
3: you're you, yeah that's a
2: that's a valid point
3: you've seen the department store she used to work at
2: well i've seen it in a live action movie not in not in this do you think she she's also... squatting
4: there or do you think she was the first to sign up for the like warehouse revitalization development
3: i i oh. guess just because i know hotels don't accept cat statues as a... uh
2: <laughs> yeah but at least earlier in the series and there is still continuity even though she looks different she's still the same the same mm. guy she was before she's rich like she's Got legitimate wealth as well, which was part of her thing. Is like she doesn't need to steal this stuff; mm. she just does it for fun. Spent all her money on cat-shaped things, mm-hmm. and then ran out of cat-shaped things, and then just started stealing them instead. Mm-hmm. I
3: guess I'm back. I guess I got to do one last job. <laughs> I'm back on the cat wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, on else? the cat wagon. A lot of loose hair.
4: She's <laughs> on the cat train. Mm. With mm-hmm. the cat of the railway train. <laughs> uh,
3: no, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. You... Uh, this isn't Flonk's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I Oh, there's
2: another little animation flair that I liked is um, they the cult had her shackled up and she still managed to look like she was just sort of lounging around. Yep. That was excellent. Uh, well, you know. Mm hmm. Just like yeah, you you might have me chained up, but I'm still comfortable. Cause mm-hmm. hey, uh,
3: so that cult guy, uh-huh. uh, Thomas Blake, supposed to be a uh, Catman, who uh, I I apparently mistook for Wildcat, entirely mm, different character. Yes, no,
2: Catman in the comics. What's what's his deal? Is he a hey, cult? Leader? He
3: literally was just like a like 1950s era. It's like yeah, it's Catwoman, but he's a guy. He's kind of like Batman. He's got cat shaped mm. gadgets. Uh, if I recall correctly from my book on Batman, he, uh, one of my many books on Batman, he, mm-hmm. w- he rides around on a giant mechanical cat. So, you know, so not a car with a cat head on it, but an actual, oh, he's like, got one of those too. but this is he like a, like elements. a mechanical bull, but it's a cat.
4: Yeah. Oh, like mm-hmm. Katy Perry in the, um, Super Bowl performance.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's where he got it. Hey, you're only going to use that once, right? Can I have it when you're done?
4: <laughs> yeah. A giant lot gold lion puppet. I can have, <laughs>
3: Does <laughs> anyone see my giant gold lion puppet? <laughs> Yoink! Does King Shark use Left Shark?
2: Oh damn it! I was trying it like oh god it was left. What was it? Left? Fuck! Left Shark. <laughs> yeah, damn it.
4: Welcome to 2021. We're making Left Shark jokes. <laughs> Look,
2: man. None pizza Left Shark. I'm <laughs> supposed to right in the
4: end cat. Left, shake, oh. uh, left shark will never Chick duck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excellent.
3: Uh, I have bad news here, Devlin. Mm.
4: No! <laughs> uh,
2: we had this moment where Batman dragged one of the cultists back to the Batcave, then took off his blindfold and terrorized him with bats. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: love that. You do. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> it not terrorize people with bats enough. Um, I love a good shot of Batman being all like, oh, you like bats? And they go, no, no one does. And then a bunch <laughs> of bats fly at them.
4: <laughs> well, isn't this guy going to just become the new Batman now because he's been terrorized by bats? Yeah,
3: isn't that what happens
4: when you get... Yeah.
3: <laughs> by those yes, specific call. bats? I should become <laughs> one of these bats.
4: <laughs> what
2: I like okay. is... He says, oh, your favorite animal's a cat. Well, guess what my favorite animal is. And like, I just imagined him saying, oh, no, no. my No, I, I just work for the cat guys. My favorite animal's actually a giraffe.
4: <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <clears throat> Alfred, get me a
3: giraffe. <laughs> Very good, sir. I bought this giant one from that uh, farmer fellow. I'm going to terrorize you
4: sale. with the most terrifying thing I can think of. A talking goat.
3: <laughs>
4: I mean.
2: A talking goat? Oh,
4: God. No, wait. Just wait till you see this. It's really scary. Hang on, <laughs> I he's know coming it sounds
2: Oh, wait. He's got his gig at the county fair right now. I uh, oh, this is so come back next week. Uh, okay. So here's my kids love Batman moment. Yes. At one point, Cat Cult Chad leads <laughs> Selena into this <laughs> fancy bedroom with a four-poster bed, and stops just short of saying, now let's fuck in that bed. Like, it's, it's so incredibly overt. Like, apart from Roxy Rocket, which mm-hmm. they you could very flimsily say, well, she's just excited because she's a thrill seeker. Like, we all knew what was going on Certainly there. Certainly was. They could make that argument. Here, there's leading a woman into a bedroom, pointing mm-hmm. to the four-poster bed and saying, eh? Like, there's
4: there's nothing else that could mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's the most like authentic cult leader part of this whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. And except for the part that he like you know acknowledges her consent and she says not right now and he says okay and leaves. That's that's <laughs> the part they got wrong. <laughs> but it's it's just so like it it really I don't want to say it took me out of the episode because it didn't do that, but it sure. was it was an incredibly adult situation that was not disguised as anything else. It was just so blatant.
3: I just I was thinking about it when it's like, what would I think if I was watching this as a kid? Oh, uh-huh. they're gonna kiss. Yeah, it's, even then <laughs> you'd have a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about all I have. What about you guys? Make love to be slayed. Sorry, I only have sex on piles of diamonds or cat statues. That sounds very painful. You got to stick to your bit. Mm-hmm.
2: To the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what right. am I, the
4: penguin? Let's do this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, he has sex on... Well, he would have sex on a pile of fish, except, you know, nobody's touching that. <laughs> I have! Eggs. Mm-hmm. No, he definitely hasn't. No one will touch that. <laughs> and it's not the flipper hands. hmm It's just that he's the penguin. Is there no one out there for me? Nope. <laughs> no one. <laughs> Not one. Well, you know, like they've done so many like uh Elseworlds and other like imagined stories in the future where we mm-hmm. deal with people's kids or whatever. Is there ever like a son or daughter of the penguin?
3: There's a son or daughter of the penguin's bird. The puffin? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: would love that.
3: Watch out, Batman. <laughs>
4: That's all I have. What about you mm-hmm. guys? Honestly, this episode made no impression on me. No. <laughs> I forgot no, it all was
2: I, for the first time, <laughs> maybe since we started doing this series, I actually wrote, "Wow, there's still ten minutes left." Which, like, mm-hmm. I've never like. First of all, these are much shorter than the show we used to cover, but also, it usually moves along in a pretty good clip. But this yeah. one, ugh. <laughs> just not interesting.
4: Hey, making it inferior to critters. <clears throat>
2: By certain metrics, I suppose that's mm-hmm. true.
4: Yes, by so I correct metrics.
2: Alright, <laughs> <laughs> so my quote is I basically just Selena hanging a lantern on this, but I did I did enjoy this. This is uh this is her reacting to the information that this cult exists. Wait a minute.
1: Cat worship?
0: Theft? Those guys should be praying to me.
2: Which I really enjoyed. Mm. Uh mostly again like as Devlin pointed out her her voice acting is just fantastic like just, oh. just uh, everything is sassy as hell and just ah so good. I mean, you got they've still got Adrian Barbeau like yeah. No, and when she's crying the crocodile tears it's it's completely like she oversells it to the point where it's like Batman, you're not possibly going to fall for the- oh no, he's falling for it. Dope. Excellent. And again, <laughs> Like I pointed out in my summary, did we just go through this with Dick, where you're just like, "Don't, don't trust her;
3: she'll trick you." Like, you come on, man. I can definitely see Batman being the guy who's like, "Yeah, but you can't trick me." Yeah, she's definitely gonna have sex with me, not
2: not mm-hmm. not the kid, but me. I know this sure. works.
4: That's why she's uh, tricking you because she's uh, into me.
2: Yeah. Oh boy,
3: she's trying to get to me. We're gonna be together <laughs> forever. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh. Bruce. Oh. That is that is very sad.
3: You sweet innocent idiot.
2: Yep. All right. All that's all for this time, Devlin. You got yeah. anything you would like to promote?
4: Um These notes are a banger. You guys should all sign up for the Patreon so you have notes access. Oh yeah, and that's a thing we do. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing you do. And um if you're into cows and you're into cats, you might enjoy my cow print cats. You can see them on Instagram at the cattle shoot. That's so good. S H O O T. Excellent.
2: Well, I didn't know about that. Very good. Oh, yeah. oh it's delightful. You get to look at yeah. pictures of cow cats. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I see the cross posts on Twitter, but I'm sure that's only a fraction of them.
4: Uh, the Twitter is the secret uh, content.
2: Ah, mm. very well. Excellent. I mean, what so Twitter? I get, I get the <laughs> I get the bonus content, but I don't get the actual feature. That's uh. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a bold choice. <laughs> yeah. All right.
3: Well, that's all for this time. Ooh, what do we got next time? Next time we have got, let's scroll up, uh, animal act and old wounds, neither of oh, which good. we had heard of for this episode.
2: I was hoping there'd be some animals in this show. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness.
3: Yeah. But are they giant? I will just have to find out. I, I guess we'll find out together.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. So if you want to write to us, we're getting very near the end of the series. So we will be entertaining your mail very soon. It yes. is kids love Batman podcast at Gmail. Um, I actually just realized we have now been doing this for a year because oh. remember we did an episode zero like a like a here's the premise of the show episode and then we did mm-hmm. a mail episode so 50 plus those means 52 weeks so yep we've been at this a year wow so go us yeah we're also happy, almost through what's happy up
4: happy badderversary
2: yeah i'll take I think, that <laughs> i think we could do better than badderversary mm,
4: badderversary
2: so. oh that's much better <laughs> All right, that's all for this time. Yeah, see you, folks.
4: Bye.
1: For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.